My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Jesus said to them, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen. I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Those words of Jesus opening today's gospel for many people are precisely that, troubling. When you're sharing your bad news, when you're weighed down with fear and anxiety, when the depression is deep, when the evil behavior and attitudes of others are seemingly on the march, Where the wicked prosper, the greedy succeed, the arrogant increase their power and their influence. In the face of any of these things, when we're reminded of Jesus' words, do not let your hearts be troubling, it can be troubling. If we sense that those words are being on some level dismissive, that we're being told to pretend things are okay when they're not. Or if we allow lies born out of guilt and shame to say to ourselves, well, my faith must be too weak. That's why I'm troubled. Or if we turn it on God and it becomes anger and indifference where we tell ourselves, God must not care about me. 
Since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden first listened to the voice of the serpent, inviting men and women to doubt God's love and his care and his providence, from that moment that they grasped at the forbidden fruit, as they fell for the temptation to try to become gods themselves, the original sin and the effects of that original sin has affected and afflicted humanity in every age since. It has left many around us looking at the world's creator with suspicion, seeing things that are are happening and wondering, if God exists, where is he? Hearing these words, do not let your hearts be troubled, and saying, how could our hearts not be? One particular time that this occurred in the not so distant past, was early into the 20th century. Europe was experiencing the Great War, as it was called, before we sadly started marking world wars numerically. This type of conflict was unprecedented. At that moment in history, the advancements that humanity had made with different modes of transportation on land, air, and sea the means of mass production that had been invented, all kinds of discoveries in science, all now were being deployed in means of warfare that we had never experienced before. What was the progress of humanity was being turned against fellow human beings as tanks and submarines and fighter planes and machine guns and grenades and poison gas were all created and used for the first time. The advent of new ways of communication from film and telegraph and phone, which had brought people closer together, also became the means by which these horrors of war that had never been seen before could be captured and shared around the globe to people far removed from battlefields, which only amplified the terror and the trauma. And in four short years, over 14 million people were killed. 23 million people were wounded. And it unleashed poverty and devastation and disease, including a global pandemic. And the central stage of all this occurring happened in countries whose populations claimed to be Christian. At least nominally, the vast majority of the people had been baptized. And in these lands of Christendom, it was brother against brother, far worse than Cain and Abel had experienced in the first recorded act of fratricide. And that incident, Cain lets the heat of anger and jealousy get the best of him where he attacks and kills his brother Abel. The evil of men's hearts to conceive and develop plans of such warfare and bloodshed in this great war seems far worse. So in the face of all this, there was no way for the faithful to pretend things were okay. So those looking and wondering about God's presence and activity would be left with the other alternatives. Some thinking that their faith must be too weak. 
but far more were turning their anger towards God, believing he must not care, must not be listening to stop this insanity from continuing. At such a time in history, in a desolate town that most of the world was not paying attention to, in Fatima, Portugal, something phenomenal occurred. Three innocent, poor children named Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, ages 10, 9, and 7, out playing in the fields after doing their, their daily chores. They see a flash of light and they encounter this supernatural occurrence where a lady dressed in white, described as more brilliant than the sun, appears to them. And the lady asks the children to pray for peace, pray for the reparation of sins and the conversion of sinners. These innocent children, not even fully aware of the horrors of World War I, nor of all the blasphemies and insults being leveled at God on a widespread level by those in positions of power, nor of the lukewarmness and the indifference of people, all of which helped unleash such evils that had never been seen or experienced before. These three little children who had nothing to do with any of that agree to what the lady asked them to do. Pray for peace. Pray for the reparation of sins and the conversion of sinners. These three children promise to pray the rosary every day and to come to that spot on the 13th day of each month for six months. Throughout the Old Testament, we have numerous prophets who God would send to his people at pivotal consequential moments to remind them of God's love for them, to remind them that he had entered into a covenant where he would be their God and they would be his people. Remind them that God has remained faithful. He's always good. He's always faithful. But that the same could not always be said about humanity. But if they returned to him, he would come. He would save them. He would restore them. He would deliver them and make them the means of salvation for the entire world. Well, after God had become one of us and one with us in Jesus, he fulfilled all the promises that he had already made. Jesus was the Messiah who was to come and to save all humanity. Jesus had reunited the 12 tribes of Israel and established his kingdom that would be that light to all the nations in a new way they had never expected with the 12 apostles and Jesus founding the church. So in this last age that we're in, this time of preparation for what's called the end times of Jesus's final coming, we're not to expect any more prophets like that to remind us to look ahead for God to do any of these things. Which is why Our Lady of Fatima is so remarkable. Because in her, we find the only human being who loved Jesus perfectly and who Jesus loved and gave to all humanity from the cross, his mother Mary. And she comes to us and she speaks to us. And what does she do? 
She simply calls us to remember what her son has done and what he expects of us, all his people. People can let their imaginations go off in all kinds of directions. Some like to focus on crazy conspiratorial theories. Yet the apparitions of Our Lady Fatima and the words of the Blessed Mother are remarkably basic. Pray, go to confession, receive the sacraments. These three little children who were the first entrusted with this message would face all kinds of incredibly troubling things from disbelief to scare tactics from family, from government officials, from church officials. The lady would tell the the two youngest that their earthly lives would be incredibly short. And yet none of these things caused them to lose their childhood innocence or their trust. They would be more committed and faithful than some of the most influential of clerics. They listened to the beautiful lady in white, whose last recorded words in the Gospel of John were, do whatever he tells you, he being Jesus. Knowing that the apparitions themselves, the miracles that legitimately occurred, the spectacular things that thousands of people witnessed, all those things just happened to get people's attention because none of them were in comparison to what Jesus has already said and done for us. That's why Our Lady of Fatima came, to remind us that God sees our pain, that God knows our fears, that God hears our cries, that God feels our anxiety. He knows that there's much that troubles us and that's troubling. The problem of so many men and women is that they hear what they want to hear as they continue to do what they want to do. They'll stop at that first sentence of that gospel, do not let your hearts be troubled, and forget the rest of what Jesus says. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. Faith is meant to reshape and reorient our entire lives. They forget that Jesus first spoke those words in the upper room on Holy Thursday night as he gathers with his apostles for the Last Supper. He's about to enter into the most troubling of circumstances where humanity will finally succeed in killing God. But to those horrified by that proposition, those shuddering at the horror of evil, those who upon hearing and seeing and experiencing troubling things as a result and looking for hope, Jesus tells them and tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we look to him and we listen to him and we receive him in his body and blood in the Eucharist, we are able to face troubling things and to conquer them just as Jesus has in rising from the dead. Our Lady of Fatima being a great mother coming to her children 
isn't bringing a new message. She's just reminding them of the presence and the activity of God. The importance of them being genuine and sincere in living faithful lives. It's a message that speaks to every day, every age, every people who encounter troubling things. So the point of this pilgrim statue being here isn't that it's something magical that we're making into some sort of an idol. It's to remind us that this apparition that happened at a particular moment in time, it's to remember the lengths that God has gone and continues to go for us in sending us his only son to suffer and die for us. The great Christian author C.S. Lewis once said, it costs God nothing so far as we know to create nice things, but to convert rebellious wills cost him crucifixion. That's the lengths that God has gone for us. And Our Lady of Fatima quite simply begs us to heed that timeless, eternal message. This statue is just meant to reawaken that message in our hearts and souls 106 years since Fatima, but 2,000 years since Jesus' death and resurrection. As we continue to struggle with troubling things, like once again the threats of world war, like sickness and death and fear from a pandemic, like the evils that are born in the hearts of men and women who continue to turn away from God, who treat Jesus as a way that if it's good for you, fine, keep it and keep him to yourself. Our Lady Fatima's words to the children are now put to us. Do you wish to offer yourselves to God, to endure all the sufferings that he may be pleased to send you as both an act of reparation for the sins with which he is offended and as an act of supplication for the conversion of sinners? Our Lady pleads with us who finds ourselves here tonight Pray, pray very much, and make sacrifices for sinners. For many souls go to hell because there are none to sacrifice themselves and pray for them. May Our Lady of Fatima continue to pray that we persevere in following her son Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life.